2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are rolling on here, here today on episode 333 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I got a kick-ass episode for you today. I try to you every single week right here on The Hotter Show. I'm sitting down with East Coast MC Hotter. That's right. My boy Hotter, the other Hotter, the, the, the very talented Hotter, is here today on The Hotter Show. Now, you may be familiar with his work because I have covered him in the past on the Hotter Show Music Showcases with the Laid Off LP and Off My Chest. So we have a ton of ground to cover. We talk about kind of his start with music, getting started in the battle rap scene in Halifax, transitioning from being a battle rapper into actually writing and recording first an LP and then an EP, of course, with the laid off LP and off my chest. We, of course, talk about his work with Ibex Music Group, which is his label, and he talks in detail about what exactly they do and what they can offer artists. And it's a really interesting conversation all about that and kind of the, the other side of the music industry not a lot of people talk about on this level. And then we also talk about his two most recent singles, Hours and Hours, and Killers, which are two badass tracks. And he talks in detail about them and what they mean to him. So we have a lot of fun. I can't wait to jump into my conversation with Harder. Before I do, I want to thank everybody for their support on last week's episode of the show in which I had a chat with my buddy, Benji Saulnier, who is the co-host of the Chaos Jar podcast and is also an author. His book, Dollar Darkness, you can find on Amazon and on Kindle if you would like to check it out. He's a great guy and he's a very talented author. So check him out. Check out the Chaos Jar podcast. It is a lot of fun if you're into true crime, paranormal stuff, conspiracy theory type stuff. Check it out. You will enjoy it. Just like you will enjoy my chat right here, right now with my boy Hodder. Let's get into it. We got one of the baddest MCs in the game here today coming from the East Coast. My man, Hodder. Hotter, what's up, man? Oh, buddy, you see her, man. Just holding her down, kind of getting out of album mode right now, switching up, jumping into some media stuff, and, you know, blessed to be talking to you tonight. So uh, that's that's pretty much the uh, sum up of what I've been up to lately. Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. It's, it's fun because, like, obviously the lamest joke in the world is the fact that, you know, oh, hey, it's hotter, but it's a different hotter, you know? Like, it's. <laughs> I think that was literally... When I messaged you the first time, I'm pretty sure that was the joke I made when I reached out. I was like, yo, you're a hotter. I got to get you on the show. <laughs> yeah, man, that was your icebreaker. And it has never not been funny since then. <laughs> like, we've been able to run with that for a couple episodes now, and it's been consistently funny. Um, <laughs> and we're going to continue to run with that. You're damn right we are. Because <laughs> I've obviously, for those of you who are longtime listeners to the show, you probably recognize the name hotter as an MC from i did a showcase for the laid off lp which this was now like two three years ago now i think and that was the first rap hip-hop album i ever did so that was awesome and then somewhat recently we did of course a exclusive listen through showcase of off my chest which obviously we're going to talk about all that but so it's fun to finally actually get you on here in the uh in the flesh so to speak (laughs) yourself just for a chat that's it. Well, so just jumping in here, man. Like, I mean, obviously we got a lot of ground to cover. I want to talk about the, what you got working on right now with the album. I want to talk about 
what you're doing with Ibex. And I mean, there's tons of ground cover, but just jumping in here, what got you started with music? Like what was some of the first music you heard? What kind of was the catalyst for you to start going like, Hey, like this music shit's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Well, like I've always had an ear for music. It started out rock and roll was a big thing for me. Um, and just the, the sound of how cohesive all the instruments work together. The, the whole ambiance that it set off was a feeling of like, okay, something is alive here. There's no or, organic sound to this. And then I found hip hop and hip hop was like the same thing, except lyrics that were like, all right, like I'm ready to light a match under the world's ass. Um, so the same kind of idea dynamic, except then I realized that I can write rhymes. I was always writing rock and roll lyrics from like 11, 12, 13, 14. Then I found rap and then I was like, Ooh, flow. Um, and then we just went from there, man. So I've been writing for a long time. Um, and it's only recently within the last few years that, uh, I've had the opportunity to get in the studio with some producers and some other artists. Um, because I was kind of in the battle rap scene a little bit and that in Halifax specifically, our battle rap scene is really well intertwined with the recording scene. Um, so just having the connections to go back and forth too, like it made it a really easy transition. And I've been super blessed to have the opportunity to work with the producers I've been able to work with uh, to kind of bring what I wanted to do always into fruition. So that's, that's brings us to where we're at now. That's awesome, man. Well, going back for a minute, you had mentioned how you were always writing uh, rock lyrics and stuff like that. Did you yeah. have like, did were you like ever in bands doing vocals or stuff like that? Or was it just, you were just kind of writing lyrics? I was just always kind of writing lyrics. Like I never, I never had the, the cash or the opportunity, like the time to get into a studio or really like, I can't play instruments really. I used to play, you know, a couple saxophone, like shit like that. Um, like school band, which was like badass. Um, but no, man, I, I never really got into the whole band thing. Um, I wish I had of just because there's a lot of, uh, valuable experience to, to have as plenty of the people who you have on your show can definitely tell you. And I'm sure you can, you can vouch for it too. Being able to work with a band is a big thing, but, uh, I never had the opportunity, never had the opportunity. I wish it did. Right. It's, it's definitely a fun experience, but I think like with you, like with what you do with kind of like the, the crew you surround yourself with and how you're always collaborating with people, I think there's a lot of similarities in kind of like the rock and metal band scene compared yeah. to just overall, the I guess like the hip hop scene or whatever, just, yeah. and that's just how uneducated I am as well with like the <laughs> rap and hip hop world. I just, I don't know what to call stuff. So I'm just like the... Yeah. Yeah, that world, like, okay. I think there's a lot of, right, I think there's a lot of similarities there where you can have guys who, guys or gals who all can still work together in that same way. Like when you are in the studio, whether you're working with Blossom or, or, or whoever you're working with, like, you can still have that collaboration. It's just a different type of a collaboration, right? There's still that, you know, you can have four people in a room making music, which is what is the great thing about being in a band, right? Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, and what's... um. Something else you mentioned there I wanted to touch on. Um, you had mentioned kind of in, in the early days listening to rock. What was like kind of some of the bands that you were really, uh, you were really vibing on then? I was big into like, 
like obviously everybody everybody with a dad over the age of like 40 is like oh acdc of course um so it was like hard on the acdc kiss a uh, lot of ozzy uh you know black sabbath iron maiden all that kind of shit um man what else disturbed like like all kinds of nice. i went down a lot of different rabbit holes you know what i mean like obviously there was times where you go down like more of a punk rock and then you go down like a metal and then there was like a death metal and then it was just like classic rock. And then there was, you know, there was all kinds of different stuff. Um, and yeah, it just depended on like what rabbit hole I was going down at what particular time and basically whatever, whatever LimeWire had to offer that wasn't going to shut down everything <laughs> I own. <laughs> Fair enough. That's it. Did you ever get into like kind of like the new metal rap metal phase at all? Or did you a little bit, man, a little bit, a little okay. bit, but it wasn't really, when I got into rap, it was more like, for me, obviously, like Eminem was a huge influence sure. for me. So he didn't really border on that line of like, uh, like metal rap. Um, I've definitely listened to like a bit of metal rap. I'm not too well versed with the genre or the subgenre, but like I've definitely, I've definitely gone down that rabbit hole. I spun around kind of quick and like climbed back out. Right. But uh, I've been there. I've been there. You get, you get into that a little bit. It's like, Oh, like this, this is pretty good. And then before you know it, you're listening to like Lim Biscuits fourth record or something like, and exactly. it's like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah, yeah what? Like, <laughs> exactly. That's it, man. So when you started, you know, you were writing rap and hip hop lyrics and stuff like that. And you started to get into that battle scene. What was that scene like? Like as someone who has no background at all in rap and hip hop, what was that kind of breaking into that battle scene like? The battle scene's unique. So I went through like two different bouts of battle rap. I used to battle rap in high school. Um, and that was super low key. The competition was was kind of logged here, and uh, the the bars weren't as complex. The schemes you weren't setting up for like three rounds or x amount of rounds. It was just like bar bar bar. A lot of it was freestyle off the dome kind of stuff that you would kind of you'd have like two or three lines that you'd plan out, and then you'd wrap off the top and then eventually your scheme would phase out. It wasn't as intense. It wasn't as premeditated. Uh, there wasn't a huge organization to it. It was just off the cuff battles, which was still a lot of fun. And it kind of got my feet wet and set me up for going into my second bout, which was a couple of years later when the elements league came back around. Um, the elements league is like the premier, the OG battle rap league. So that's set up, the, you know, that was the stepping stones for uh, King of the Daughter, even as, as big as like Wild and Out. Um, it started like with Elements League uh, right in Sackville, Nova Scotia, outside of Millwood High. Um, so they recently made a comeback. They started doing like uh, uh, live streams, big promoting, like promoting events and stuff. And then I think they had two or three events in. And then they shut down because of COVID. So we are planning another event here soon, but I'll dive back into like beginning that me and my buddy, Matt Morrissey, my best friend arrived to this, this, this uh, battle. And I was just there as a spectator. And then I was watching and there was like a, a lot of vets, you know, people who have been in the scene for a long time. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, 
and these guys were floating through flawlessly. There's another battle rap, uh, battle rapper in Halifax who goes by the name of Dom Bodies. He's been around for a while, um, and he was battling this guy who goes by Anubis, calls himself the Fresh Prince of Welfare. And Dom Bodies delivered his entire battle rap scheme in the melody of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. The whole fucking battle. It was nuts. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, that was the main event that night. And it was just like, I went up to the organizer, uh, Israel. And I was like, dude, I was like, man, like, sign me up. Um, so we did some back and forth and I got booked for the next battle, which was against a artist by the name of raindrop. Um, and man, like, if you know me, like, this is what I look like this or like a fucking something camo. I look like a hick. Um, so like you go out on stage in the hip hop scene and you look like what I look like, uh, cowboy boots on, you know, some shirt from Cabela's probably. <laughs> and I go out and everybody's looking at me like, man, what the fuck? Like, who let this cowboy in? Who let and this hick in? What's going on? Oh, man. <laughs> well, Raindrop was also, he's from New Glasgow, like Picto area, which is, uh, you know, a more rural area of the right. province. And so my opening bar was right off the bat. We're both hicks, but I'm a redneck from the suburbs or an inbred from the sticks. Ooh, everybody fucking lost <laughs> the whole fucking like the whole room went nuts there was like a hundred some odd people in the room there was a couple uh i think there was like a thousand streams uh people live streaming and like everybody in the room lost it and i was like oh shit okay i might actually win um and i did uh it was it was uh it was great it was an awesome experience we have yet to have another battle rap event in halifax uh, because of COVID since this. So I'm still biting at the bit, but uh, yeah, man, that's kind of my, that's my walk up of, you know, the, the Coles notes of my battle rap career. Right on. Well, talking about battle rap for a second here, like what always fascinated me with battle rap is not just the whole, like, I mean, you got to come up with shit on the fly and that, but like when you're battle rapping somebody and they're just like taking you apart like, do you do anything to get in the mindset for that? Where it's like, hey, I'm not going to let this bother me. Like, that was always my thing. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck this guy just say to me? Like, yeah. is there something you do to kind of get in that mindset or? No, man, I don't let, I let a lot of shit roll off my back, right? Like, the big thing with like battle rap too is like, everybody's like, oh, everybody's fucked everybody's girl in battle rap, apparently. Right. So, like naturally it's like, Oh, fuck your bitch. Like, sh- okay. What's she look like, bro? Like you're creative. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like one that's unoriginal as fuck too. pick her out of the crowd. You know what I mean? So it's just like, all right, you're, you're coming up with bars. You're making, you're making some content of some sort um, to try and generate a reaction from the crowd. And I, and that's all it's about. Um, now for me, there's some, there are boundaries I won't cross. Um, I won't attack people's families. If you got kids, I'm not going to make bars about your kids, shit like that. Um, and that's just like a, a, a character value for myself. Yeah. There's some honor there a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah big time. And like, if you can attack whatever you want about me, like there's a lot to attack. I'm kind of a fucking idiot. Most of the time, <laughs> so, man, pick away, like pick away, help yourself. Um, but like, no, I don't let it. 
in in the scene that we have, it's such a tight knit community that like at the end of the day, like it's all, it's all love. It's all jokes. We just, you know, laugh it off, shake hands at the end of event. And like, I'm going to fucking beat you regardless. So who won? You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I guess that's, that's the way I, I pictured is like, if you're having a, you and the boys are just sitting around roasting each other. I guess that's kind of, you know, that, that's what that it is, right? Kind of the way everybody's look at so it. tight here. It's like, you know, there might be some bad blood, but it's, uh, it's, we're too small of an area to really let it affect you that much. Right. For sure. Well, that's awesome. And that's the thing with the battle rap too, right? It's like, I always, I was never sure what, how that would look, but you know, the thought of it being just like you and the boys kind of sitting around roasting each other. I'm like, okay, that, <laughs> that, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> you had mentioned the scene in Halifax being close and tight knit and stuff like that. Walk me through the scene a little bit. Like I think a lot of people, unless they, I mean, obviously, unless they're familiar with classified, who's, I, I would probably say arguably the biggest artist out of that Halifax scene. Yeah. Um, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on that, but uh, no, I'd say you're correct, man. I'd say you're correct. Right. on. Walk, walk me through the scene a little bit. Like kind of what's uh, like when you first got into the scene, like what did it look like at that point? Was there a lot going on or. Um, so the scene, the, the battle, do you want the battle rap scene or the recording scene or a little bit of both? Oh, we've, we've already touched on the battle rap scene a bit. So maybe walk me through like, kind of like when you, like when, say when you started to get into like the recording scene and stuff like that, what was that looking like at the time? Gotcha. Okay. So the recording scene, when I was starting to get into it, um, for the first few months, I was a little out of touch with the recording scene because I knew people from battle rap and I knew the few people that I worked with, like in my camp with recording, <clears throat> but I didn't have the network that I have now. So at that particular time, it was just my immediate, my immediate connects myself, blossom complex. Um, I was doing a little bit of work with an artist by the name of kid coffin. Um, and I linked up with a, uh, another artist by the name of frantic, um, who's a super talented artist and definitely worth checking out. Um, you know, I was working with my boy, little Frieza. Um, who else, you know, Riley urban, who else were we working with? Yeah, there, was a, there was a couple people at the time, but it was like the smaller connects. My camp was, you know, very small. Um, and nobody was making albums at this point in time. Um, and my big thing, I've always liked albums. If I'm in the car, very rarely will I hit like a song on. I like a big cohesive body of work. So like, um a great example for me is like actually the new push a t album i don't know if you've heard it it's awesome it's uh pharrell and kanye produced the entire thing and it's basically oh, okay. and push t's on the whole thing there's a jay-z feature a little uzi bird feature um there's a couple others in there don toliver like but the whole thing feels like a cohesive body work. Same as like any run the jewels album ever or any Mac Miller album. Like it's a cohesive, you can hit it on and just not touch a button for like an hour and a half. Um, and to me, like that, that in itself is a, a body of art. Um, Cause singles are dope. Um, and to make a good single takes a ton of skill, a ton of talent and a lot of brains in the marketing and the rollout of it. Um, but for me, an album was big and nobody was doing it. So as soon as I came on the scene, I said, I want to make an album. 
um, and that's where the laid off LP came from was basically just my, my own stubbornness and my own stupidity of, uh, you know what? Nobody knows who the fuck I am. Let's drop a 12 song album <laughs> that we're going to record. And that was like really right at the height of the pandemic too, right? That was like the early days of the pandemic. Yeah. You did that too. Big time. Oh yeah, man. The world was ending. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta listen to my mixtape first guys. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I know the world's falling apart, but click this link. You won't yeah, regret it. Yeah. So that, uh, that's sort of the genesis of that. That's how that kind of came about. Um, and then since then, like the scene has really developed. There's a lot of people who are working on albums now. Um, and like, not to stroke my own ego, but I think I, I might've started a little bit of a push with that locally, like within Halifax. Cause a lot of the people who are close with me who have been in hip hop and been recording for a lot longer than I have, they're all like, Oh, albums. Everybody's putting albums out now. I was on this like two, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, so I was doing it for, it was cool guys. Well, that's it, man. <laughs> well, and some people might say to you like, Oh, like two years ago, two and a half years ago, like that wasn't that long ago, but you also got to all remember we're talking pandemic timeline. So like uh, that was, that might as well have been 10 years ago. <laughs> no, man, there's a chill factor in those two years. <laughs> like that windchill. I'm going to steal that shit. <laughs> wind oh, chill it's, factor. Yours. it's yours. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, and, and when you look at like going back to, uh, to the laid off LP for a second, like you've got some killer tracks on that, man. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you know how much I loved, uh, I love the laid yeah. off LP. Like, you know, the first song I had heard was, I was feels like home. That was, that was the first yeah. single I'd heard off it. And with that record, it was cool because like, I think that was a really great introduction to you as an artist and as a writer. Yeah. Like, hey, you can write these great hooks and fancy melodies and stuff. But then you also had some songs that were very much like, you know, like there's, there's an edge here. Yeah. You know, and I remember when you and I talked for the first time, just over messenger or whatever, it was like, Hey, this is great. And, and, and you were just like, man, like wait till the next thing I drop, like, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be completely different from still you, yeah. but like, it's going to be, and I was kind of like, okay, like, I, I wonder what that's going to be like. Yeah. So fast forwarding a little bit, dropping off my chest, which obviously if you guys listen to my show, you probably heard the showcase for it it is a it's really uh i don't want to say like a full turn but like it's a pretty different uh, experience to the lp uh was off my chest during that time period in between the the dropping of uh, of the lp and then of off my chest was this kind of a in retaliate not in retaliation but like to you just kind of you had dipped your feet into the the music scene a bit and then you came out of it kind of like okay like there's some songs that definitely i think um may, maybe pushed that a little bit like kind of the struggles you maybe were going through during that year and a bit yeah big time and the one of the big things about the off my chest ep was like if you listen to the laid off lp there are some some slightly more aggressive things in there and some, sure. maybe some, some rougher stuff. Like you listen to lullabies. That's a little harder. Mm -hmm. Tear them down. Um, 
that's that's a little harder, a little edgier. But like that's it. Um and then there's a lot of stuff in there like generous, feels like home, leave you. It was some softer stuff. And I didn't want like I can I can write melodies and I can write some catchy stuff. Uh, I can write some commercial shit. But I didn't want people to switch up for one second and think that I'm not gonna write some bars to make you consider quitting rap. So <laughs> That's that's where the, the off my chest came in. Everybody was frustrated with COVID and with the world, you know, slowing down, some shit ending, people losing their jobs. Um, you know, sh- shit was a disaster. Um, and this was my way of just kind of dealing with it for myself was put, putting the album together. Um, you know, there's obviously some bars in there that like they're edgy. Um, love to paint the wall with Trudeau's head, but it'd be messy. Like, like there's some <laughs> right. shit there. Oh, fuck yeah, there is. <laughs> and like, or like you listen to Wantrepreneur, like Wantrepreneur is basically just like a fucking three and a half minute death threat with a beat in the background. Um, and, and like the like the opening track off my chest is just like, this guy needs to be institutionalized. Like sponge realm, let's go. So it was, and that, that that was more done in a, uh, like a cinematic. Um, I just wanted to stretch it. I just wanted to see right. how far we could milk it and create this atmosphere of like, all right, like there's, there's a storyline here. There's a concept to this, um, to this short project. And it was just a way for me to kind of express the, the feelings I was going through. And also I just wanted to just push the envelope, just poke the bear a little bit. And just let everybody in the scene know, like, all right, like you saw some of my stuff. Like if you listen to a lot of the tracks on the laid off LP, like meme and stuff like that, like I was writing some goofy shit and just playing around and having fun with the bars and whatever. And some people weren't taking the penmanship seriously. And so I was like, all right, you're clearly listening. Now I'm going to give you a reason to shut up and come back with some come back with some bars um and it was good there i I received a little bit of like lash back from some people who were like oh man like these bars sucked like there were some comments on some of my youtube videos and like comments on the instagram and like people dming me being like man like you think your bars are hard and blah 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 well everybody else seems to I don't know. <laughs> not it's really, really, but like, like, you know. like you're not listen, like you're never gonna you're always gonna have people who are gonna just talk shit, right? That's just the nature of the game, I guess, right? Big but time. when you're when you come out of the gate with a song like Wantrepreneur, like like what what can you say? Like I and then you know, you're talking about like kind of uh pushing the envelope a bit, you know, like I remember because I you sent me plague, uh I think it was either just before the the ep came out or very shortly after you, you sent me plague and you were like yo can i get your opinion on this so at that point we had talked a bit and you're like i know you're kind of a metal guy like can i get your thoughts and yeah man like i was not expecting plague and <laughs> i was just like yo this shit is heavy it's tight like fuck, like this is and you're just murdering <laughs> especially that second that second half like it's just you murdering for like a solid like two minutes yeah. i was just like yo like 
what the fuck is this? Again, comparing to the majority of the laid off LP, which is all fantastic. And yeah, Harder can write some nice, pretty stuff. And, you know, you're, you're a, a good old boy from, from Hicktown in Nova Scotia, you know, like, yeah. but at the same time, I'll also fucking murder you on the mic. Like oh, that's, it's just what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody's safe, man. You put the fucking SM7B in front of me. Nobody's safe. If your name rhymes with something, you're fucked. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is what it is, man. Your name rhymes with something, you're fucked. If I can think of something and your name is the punchline, pack your bags. It's game <laughs> over. Yeah. Is it wrong that I now want you to write like a verse about me and how much I suck or something? <laughs> just, to, just to hear you do it. <laughs> I'll throw something in there. I'll throw, I can't. I can't diss you though. I can't diss you. There's no bad blood. There's no bad blood. <laughs> the, the original hotter man. What's up? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic. Well, and what's so fun too is like, you know, from the off my chest in that same time period you also launched ibex which is your music group walk me through that a little bit like how did that come to be yeah man so i'm really glad you asked that actually because we're going through a lot of interesting movements with ibex um <clears throat> so for anybody that doesn't know ibex music group is kind of our, our label it's we operate as like a non-profit collective basically um because when I, I put the label together with a lot of help from Blossom Complex, who co-runs the label with me now, and our primary goal was to uh, create an atmosphere where creativity can prosper without the additional stresses that come with it of financial aid um, or financial stress, rather. So we build a team around us and within the label that we can do a lot of our own in-house like videos, production, recording, any of that shit. Um, and it comes from a collective effort of a, a lot of people who really just want to see the scene succeed and provide people who have a lot of talent the opportunity to fully leverage their talent to get to where they should get to. Um, and that was, that's, that's our core value. That's where we um, began running with the idea from and so since like the first days of ibex we went on we owned a studio a mobile studio um inside of a 30-foot car hauler i since sold that we moved all the gear into downtown halifax um in blossom complex's apartment so we could be more central to a lot of other artists because a lot of the artists in halifax don't own vehicles a lot of them are using the buses um occasionally uber stuff like that so if we can get them if we can get the studio closer to them it makes it more convenient i live out in 30 minutes out of the city so i commute in for recording whereas before it was like literally in my yard um but ultimately it's this is how we're going to get the most productivity this is how we're going to be able to open the most doors for people so this is the route that we decided to take um, because that is what IBEX is about is creating opportunity for people. I'm in a fortunate position where, um, I don't have the same financial stresses that a lot of other people do. Um, now that being said, I don't just have cash to throw. Right. But you can, but you have to be, enough, yeah. no, exactly. And you have to be strategic with how you spend it, but it's not, 
I'm not stressed about it, which is, which is nice. And I'm very grateful to be in that position. Um, but there's a lot of people who, you know, if you see what the, the living wage is in Halifax, I think it's like $21 an hour is what you have to make to survive. And like, not like, that's just like roof over your head and like something just above ramen noodle every day. Um, and not a lot of people are making that. Like that fancy ramen, like with like, yeah, oh, the, that's the that top shelf stuff. ramen. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Shit. Artesian ramen noodles <laughs> um, with like almost real beef. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> The little chunks of it. Yeah, yeah. I feel oh, like. yeah. Only little diced up. But yeah, no. So it's the the financial stress for people in a situation like that is substantially more than myself. So we were like, fuck it. Move the, move the studio. Move the whole setup to Halifax. Um, my role within Ibex. I'll start with like when you say you were an artist coming through the coming through our label. Um, I do a lot of the scouting. I do a lot of the A and R. Um, and same with Blossom Complex, but like headhunting is like my big thing because my my ears always to the ground. I'm always listening to what's coming up, especially in the local scene. Um, so I scout you out. I'll set up a little meeting, um, and then me and Blossom Complex will listen to a lot of your stuff, and I'll bounce it around some people in the scene. And I'll bounce it around the label, um, the people that you know surround myself and surround Blossom Complex, and then we go. This person would be a good fit. Cause I want to see that you're, you're already willing to work hard. I want to see that you're already willing to go broke. Like you need to want this because if I'm going to fund you out of my own pocket to make sure that you have some small sliver of a chance to succeed, like, I want to make sure that you understand exactly what I'm putting on because that's my role as well as I'm, I'm just kind of like Ibex's sugar daddy sometimes. Um, <laughs> Well, you're putting the money. Fuck. I understand what you're saying. It's like, you want to know, Hey, it's just like, if you're working with an artist or if I'm working with a, a podcaster, it's like, I want to see that you're willing to put the time in. You've bled for this a little bit. Maybe like you, you've yep. had some, not lit, literally, you know what I'm saying? Um, like you've, <laughs> you've, you've put in time for this and like, you've put in your heart into it and you can, you want to work with artists who really just love it and want to do this for the right reasons. Exactly. No, and that's exactly it, man. Like, I don't want people who are dreamers or who are uh, entrepreneurs. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I want somebody with uh, extreme levels of work ethic. Um, people who are ready to show up to the studio on time, early, every single day, leave late, like sleep. You can, you've got lots of time to be horizontal on a pine box. So stay vertical when you're on turf. You know what I mean? Um, and we might do something. So once we, once we get you in the studio of Blossom Complex, Blossom Complex is a fucking genius. Um, right. <laughs> and like, so Blossom will run your whole production from start to finish, first recording to master. And we get all that together. And then once you have music, then you come back to me. My big role in this process within Ibex is setting up the photo shoots, setting up music videos, creating the content around the music. And then once we have that, now you have a package. Now you have something you can roll with. Normally we'll put together a press kit and everything and we'll, we'll set up some media appearances. And then now we start dropping into your social media, run that up. I put together a schedule for people when to post, what to post. Here's all your packages from your photo shoots. 
here's some promo videos I made for you. Like, let's just hit the ground running. Um, and I'm going to try and plug you to all the local promotion uh, accounts. Um, and we're just going to try and generate some buzz around your name. So that's, that's my role. I play more of a, a backseat role. You don't see mine unless I'm featured on the album. You will very rarely see my name anywhere in the credits or anything like that. Um, I, I just, I'm just a studio rat who hangs out in the background and tells you what to post on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Which is very important in this day and age, right? Like, it is, man. It is. Got to but how do you write that? The album credits, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instagram support by honor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, and the big thing, so here's, this will be my last big pitch for Ibex. The big thing, my number one value when we were putting the label together was that I've seen so many people get fucked by labels. We will never take more than 49% in royalties. So if I invest like X amount of dollars, hundreds or whatever, thousands, whatever it is into you, at the end of the day, you're still going to own your masters. You're still going to own the majority of your publishing. There might come a point in time where we're at 49% until I get what we've invested as a company back to us. And then we always roll it back. I'd like to sit at a comfortable 15, maybe 20% uh, royalty. And same with your publishing. We'll sit 15, 20% of your publishing. Um, I don't want to own anybody's shit. You're an artist. You should own your art. People should be able to enjoy your art. And you, you should want to feed the people around you who have helped you create the platform you've had or you have. But uh, at the end of the day, I can't tell people how to spend their money or that they should just give it to me. So I don't want to own anybody's stuff. I take a small gratuity fee for the work that we put in as a label and as a collective and as a team and as a family. But at the end of the day, you can walk away and the music is yours. And that's a big thing for me because I've seen a lot of people get the shit end of the stick. Well, and that's kind of the, those horror stories are something that you hear a lot too. Like, especially in the, in the scene you guys are in, like where guys, I think it was something I remember seeing. I, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was Joe Budden was talking about it or yeah. something random. I can't remember who he was speaking with, but he was like yelling at this kid, like, asking him like who owns your publishing who owns this who owns that what's your percentage and he didn't know anything yeah. and he was like screaming at him and he's like dude you need to relax and he's like no like look at me like he's like look what happened to me and how like you know because he's just like don't let this happen to you like don't get taken advantage of by these labels that are yeah kid yeah sure yeah yeah here's a bunch of money yeah yeah how 65 percent sound yeah okay cool by the way we own all your shit like, yeah. you know, it's, well, exactly. there's a lot of horror stories for that, man. So it's really cool thing. to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's terrifying. So, like, that's why a big thing for us is, like, we separate your your royalties, like, what we collect as a royalty and publishing. Because, like, you keep 100% of your royalties, we just want 70% of your publishing rights. Doesn't sound scary until you realize that, like, you can own your masters, but if we own the publishing rights, the masters mean nothing. Right. You know what I mean? But nobody hears publishing. Nobody ever hears it. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, they don't really that. understand what it means. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't own the right to publish your work. So you can't sell people. Like, you can't let people right. recreate your masters. Like, it, But it's so low-key. So that's why I keep it super, like, there's no fine print. It's bold as fuck. You own your shit. 
Um, yeah. and that's what the legal contract says. It says you own your shit. <laughs> that's all it says. Is we all sign our names and then we go get fucking chicken or something. Like, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> who wouldn't want to work with you guys when that's the pitch? I mean, let's yeah, be real. Honestly, you it's own the only reason shit. I'm here. You like chicken? You own your shit. You like chicken? You know, maybe knock back a beer or two. Let's get out of here. Like, and then let's go work for 12 hours in the studio. Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. That's it. Well, I mean, Ibex sounds awesome. And I mean, if, uh, if people want to hit you guys up to work with you, how can they find, uh, how can they find Ibex? You can go on ibexmusicgroup.com. Uh, you can go on at Ibex Music Group on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I think that's it. We don't have a, we don't have a, uh, TikTok. We don't have a Twitter for Ibex right now. Um, but uh, yeah, any other platform, Facebook, Instagram, um, and uh, YouTube, Ibex Music Group. Right on, bro. Well, before I let you go, here's uh, one, a couple more things I wanted to make sure I asked because it's some recent stuff with you. Uh, you dropped a couple new singles um, this year, obviously, Hours and Hours, which is yep. kind of a, a little more of like a kind of not feel good in the sense of it's a very real topic that I mean, I think any creative person can relate to, but it's more of like a kind of just like a laid back groove kind of a song, you know, and it's, and it's badass. And then you also dropped another just murderous song in killers. Walk me through those two tracks. So hours and hours blossom complex has sent me the beat, uh, like the night before. And I was, thinking about it and thinking about it and I went down to the studio and I was just sitting there I was like I didn't really want to work on anything I was tired as fuck and I was sitting down and I was like I make myself work on something and I started cleaning the studio and just listening to the beat on replay and uh, I just started like I just keep putting in these hours and hours and I was like oh shit write that down Um, and then I just kept Rolling with it, roll with it. So the only thing I worked on that night was the chorus. And originally the chorus was going to be the first verse. And then I was like, wait a minute. I said, if I loop this, this fills like what I had written. I said, this actually fills the slot for the chorus perfectly. And then I just flipped the first line. I just keep putting in these hours and hours. I put that in and then we wrote the first verse and it was the chorus. Um, and then I finished that night because I was absolutely wrote off. And uh, then the next day we linked up for a full day session. So we started at like eight o'clock and finished at like two o'clock in the morning. And we worked on a couple things, but we sat down and I wrote the second and third verse to hours and hours. And then we re-recorded um, the reference tracks that I had laid down the night before. Um, and yeah, my big goal with hours and hours was just kind of shed a little bit of light on, um, you know, the struggle of being an artist and like, you have to put in those hours, you have to put in that work. Um, and I wanted to make it a light, easy song too, because like you can relate to it, even if you're not an artist, if you're a professional of any type, um, you can, you can relate to that song. And I just wanted to make something that wasn't too, too specific, um but like you know something something hard-working individuals can relate to right so, it, regardless right. of what it is you do like if you're a professional of any kind like you put in hours 
And sometimes it's like, oh, you get your paycheck and you're like, well, shit, like, <laughs> you know, why am I even doing this sometimes? You know, it's frustrating for sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, uh, so killers, I was sitting on that beat for about a year and I sent it to Badfish, who's a buddy of mine from out in Truro. And uh, he wrote his verse. And I got it back. And then I sat, it was originally going to be on the Off My Chest EP. But I kind of just, I had a lot going on with the different projects there or the different uh, tracks for that project. And it kind of got put on the back burner because it just wasn't the same aggression, same level of aggression as the other tracks. So I was like, oh, I'm going to save this for a future project. And then time came around and I was like, oh shit, look, I still have that bad fish verse and the beat and everything. And so I wrote my verse and I recorded it. Me and Blossom sat down in the studio and I was like, all right, like, I was like, all right, well, I'm on it. Bad fish is on it. I said, maybe we should get somebody to do a chorus. And there was, a, there was a third person originally lined up to do the chorus for it. Um, but as artists, occasionally we procrastinate. Oh, no. We've been known to. And uh, so it was like, a, oh, yes, oh, I'm going to do it. I'll be in the studio. Never was seen ever again. R.I.P. And... Uh, yeah, so I was just kind of like, we were, then we were recording something else. I can't remember what it was. We were recording something else. And I was like, oh, we still have that that track we got to finish the chorus for. So that the chorus for Killers is freestyle. It was just like I got in the booth, Blossom hit play. And I think the first thing, I was just like in my own head, I was like, get back, get back, get back from me. Like, and then I was like, okay, wait, record that. All right, now play it back. Um, all these motherfuckers ain't nobody be touching. Like, and then I was like, all right, play that back. So we just kept going and going and going. And I was like, all right, like, I think we did like five or six takes. And I was like, all right, let's put this all together. So we fucking Mr. Potato headed the fucking chorus together. And uh, anyway, that's what you get, I guess it's, that is the story to that. It's not an overly exciting story about that song, but the whole the whole timeline was that started a year and a half ago, 18 months ago. Like it's been that's, the work for a minute. That's badass. Well, but it's fun too, how you can just sometimes like, oh, I gotta do this course. It's like I was getting the booth and figure it out. Yeah. Like that's a beautiful thing sometimes where you can just come up with a a badass course hook and like all of a sudden you're like oh we got something here okay like yeah. that's a cool thing to be able to do right oh yeah and a lot of the the stuff that i've enjoyed doing the most um like the final product of has been a result of like on the spot you know even if it's just like right and then jump in the booth um or if it's just like in the booth like all right like, i'm just gonna rap um a lot of the stuff that i've enjoyed the most has come from that process that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, we we've covered a lot of ground here today. I appreciate you taking the time to come in and have a chat with me. We'll definitely 
any anytime you drop anything new, we'll have to link up for sure. Because I uh, I know that you're gonna keep kicking ass and everything you do with Ibex. Like it's it's awesome. And I mean, you know, all the we got the same name. <laughs> Joking aside, you know, I'm a fan, and I mean, I I love what you do and all the your whole crew. Like all you guys are so talented. You know, uh, I can't say enough good things about everybody and just the talent you guys all it. have. I so. Just keep kicking ass and keep representing Scotia, man. We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best, man. COVID's out. Shows are in. Let's kick ass. It's time to fucking go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Beauty. Thank you so much, man. No, thanks for having me, dude. All right, folks. There you have it. My chat with my boy, Harder, Badass MC from the East Coast. Wanted to get him on for a while, so it was fun to finally get to have that conversation with him. And I hope that you enjoyed it. Be sure to check him out wherever you find music. He's got a couple badass new singles out right now, as he talked about at the end there. And as well as check out Ibex Music Group, because they are doing some cool things. And you may or may not see some artists from Ibex on The Harder Show at some point in the future. So very excited about that. Big shout out to Hotter, The Blossom Complex, and his entire crew over there at ibex and shout outs to you for listening thank you so very much if you enjoyed this episode be sure to leave a rating leave a like if you can comment and let me know that you enjoyed it share it with your friends help spread the good word of the harder show to support great artists like hotter and other fantastic artists and creators i have on the show as well as all the other fun content that i do here on the harder show and i got some cool stuff coming up i'm very excited we have officially launched as well the the first episode of my patreon exclusive show which i'm still not going to talk about but let's just say it's a lot of fun and if you would like to check it out and become a patron you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash the harder show select the tier that is right for you and become a hardhead If you become a hothead, you will not only get a shout out on every single episode of the show, regardless of what level that you pick, but you will also get exclusive access to fantastic exclusive content like my one show that I'm not going to talk about, but let's just say it's content I've covered before here on the show in some way. And it's okay. I'll, I'll give you a little sneak peek. It's me doing some narration of some kind. That's all I'm going to say. But it's a lot of fun. And if you join at the $5 or above tier, you will get access to that podcast. And if you join at the $1 or above tier, you will gain access to a brand new clip show like podcast that is actually co-hosted by someone who used to be involved with the show very heavily. And I'm really excited about this project because... He is super entertaining, and I cannot wait to hear what he comes up with as the host of that show. And there's a ton of other stuff that we're working towards, too, on the Harder Show Patreon. Go check it out. We have a brand new goal that I've set, and once I hit that goal of $60, I am going to do some kind of a merch drop. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to look like yet. We got to hit hit it, but we're not super far away. I think we're like $20 away. So if we get a few people signing up at the dollar or $5 tiers, that would do it. Or a couple people at the $10 tier, that would do it. And that would be really awesome to get to that point. And without further ado, I need to take a second to give a humongous shout out to all of my patrons. We, of course, have my man, Scotty D, the OG Patreon supporter, one of my best buds in the world. Scotty, thank you so very much for all of your support. You know how much I love you. I miss you, buddy. 
I know you're out there somewhere in the world and uh, hope you're doing fantastic. And of course, a humongous shout out to the Grey Rooms podcast, the entire crew over there at the Grey Rooms podcast for their patronage and support of this show. You know, this year, so far for the show, there's been some really cool things that have happened. And just to be straight up about it, a lot of it is because of the Grey Rooms. And I cannot say enough wonderful things about them and their podcast. It is my favorite podcast. What else can I say? And that was my favorite podcast before they were patrons. But it is my favorite podcast. It is an amazing horror anthology narration podcast. Go check it out. Best audio drama out there. Check it out because you will thoroughly enjoy it. And of course, I need to give a shout out to the new guy on the block, Ronan Kumori, who is one of the newest patrons to join the ranks of the hotheads. Big shout out to you, Ronan. Thank you so very much for your patronage. And I'm going to throw this out there again because I don't know if you heard the end of last week's episode, buddy. But uh, if you're listening to this right now, hit me up. I got something to, something I want to want to pitch to you for coming on the show about something. But I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to wait until you come to me. So if you're listening to this, hit me up right now, Ronan. Come on, buddy. Let's do it. Let's talk some music. And if you want shows like that on every episode of the show here in the outro, all you got to do is check out the Patreon. Check out the Patreon, even the dollar tier or dollar fifty tier if we're if you're in Canada. It's all it takes. You'll get shout out. You'll get access to a great podcast that's going to be dropping very soon for the one dollar and above patrons. And you're going to get behind the scenes stuff, live streams and things like that. Once things get a little more established on the Patreon, I also have a discord. If you so choose and like to partake in the discord, be sure to let me know if you would like to join up. We have fun there. I've done a few live stream things already. It's just a lot of fun. It's a great way to interact. And we have a a room on the discord called the jam space and we share some badass music there and let me tell you there's been some killer tunes that have been shared in the jam space so check it out if you would like to join let me know and i will send you a little link ski or you can go on my link tree and you can find the actual invite for the discord there which easiest place to find the link tree is to just go to my instagram which of course is at the hotter show that's the h-o-d-d-e-r show And you will find it in my bio. And while you're at it, be sure to follow me there. Be sure to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. If you have something you would like to say or you'd like to come on the show, hit me up anytime at thehardershow at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you and we'll, uh, we'll link up or I will answer a question or whatever you have to say. But with that, we are ready to sign off here today. Thank you so very much again for tuning in. It means the absolute world to me. I'm going to leave you with a patented exclusive audio fist bump. Boom. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and we'll catch you next time on The Hotter Show. Take it easy, guys.